You are now part of the social Welcome to Mastermind, the show where you learn to develop and master your skill from the best of the best. Yes, your host, Mr. G. Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Today's guest is a native of Brooklyn, New York. She refers to herself as an activist. Kenya Gibson is a professional dancer and choreographer who infuses African spirituality, art, and culture into her craft. She's choreographed several works, produced concerts, and hosted community workshops. Kenya was featured in the New York Times for her performance in Saya Wolfhawk's Chima Tech and was featured in Spike Lee's Art of Daring, a campaign for Cadillac. When Kenya is not dancing or creating choreography, she's using her social media platform to encourage and motivate young people. One of Kenya's words of wisdom are, Wield your gift as an instrument of change. Truth is your greatest weapon. As creative people, we have the power to inspire the change we want to see, create visuals that show us what could be, create sounds that help us to persevere through adversity. Art is and always has been an important part of revolutionary change. Powerful words. Kenya, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I am doing I'm good. good. happy to be here. Absolutely. Uh, we are happy to have you on the program. This is a special treat, especially for all the dancers out there. <laughs> Very special treat today. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenya, like, you know, you know, we know we've done all of these great things, but where did it start off at? Like, how'd you get started? So pretty much uh, how I got involved in dance as a whole, it really mm -hmm. started at the age of four. Wow. Uh, my mother, she is a native um from Chicago um, and she came to New York as an educator um, mm -hmm. here in New York for over 25 years. She worked for the DOE. Um, when she had me, she knew that she wanted me to, you know, be involved in something, kind of keep me out the, you know, the streets in a sense, um, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in Brooklyn, you know, in the nineties was a different situation. So oh, yeah. she just wanted me to have some type of structure you know, growing up as a young female, um, young black female at that. So she always, she was always into history. As a young kid, she learned about a man named Arthur Mitchell, who was mm -hmm. the founder of Dance Theater of Harlem. And she knew that, you know, why don't I put her in dance classes? A young girl, you know, learn, learning ballet would probably be the best bet. Um, it would teach her how to carry herself and um, be professional. Um, and yeah, so at the age of four, she enrolled me and I haven't turned back since, um, I've been dancing for now over 20 years now. Wow. So yeah. Wow. And of shout course, other things up from that. So <laughs> yes, yes. Shout out to mom. It's your mom's birthday today too, right? <laughs> yeah. Happy yes, birthday, it is her birthday mom. today. Libra, Libra <laughs> Wow, without yeah. without mom, man, there would be no Kenya Gibson. That's amazing. 
at four years old too. That, that's that that's is, early. I guess you it could yeah, never be too early, early for so dance, she, right? No, when you feel like the time is right, do it. Like I know people who have started dancing at the age of 19, 18, and they're have launched, you know, far. Um, and yeah, there's no, there's no time. It's just when it, when is the best time for you to start? And that's, that's all that matters. So many like dancers say the same thing. Like there's no time frame with dancing. It's just like when, whenever your, your mind, your body, your spirit tells you to, to, to start, you know, that's when you start. That's all that matters. Yep. You mentioned like your mom too, like your mom was a employee in the DOE department of education. Was she a teacher? Yeah, she was a um, art teacher. She actually, yeah, she taught general ed for the first 10 years. And then from there, she decided to go within her, her um, what she got her master's in, which was visual arts. Mm-hmm. So she, um, or fine arts, excuse me. And she decided that she would go ahead and um, become art teacher. So she's been doing that ever since in Farragut, Brooklyn. So uh, I yes. kind of followed in her footsteps in a certain way. Um, you know, even going back to school recently for my master's. But yeah, she That's... she started a lot of things with me. <laughs> <laughs> that is important, man. That's amazing too that, you know, she was able to instill those things in you, you know, as an art teacher. That's great. And, yeah. um, you know, she she gave you a pretty powerful name. And uh, at least, you know, I think so when I think about it. What, is it, <laughs> what does Kenya mean? So, yes, it is a, it's a name of a country, but... Um, she, you know, she's an anthropologist herself. Mm. Um, she said that Kenya means little artist. Um, mm. And being that she's an artist, it kind of fit. Um, Joy was actually a name from one of her close best friends that she grew up with. Me personally, when I was younger, I always wanted a different middle, middle name. Um, but when she kind of broke down the, the meaning of my name, Kenya, and then kind of like art bringing her joy in a sense, kind of like, okay, I, I get it now. So, and, and I grew to love it later on. And even now as an adult, I'm like, I love it. I love my name. So yes, that's yeah. just so crazy too, man. Just how like names can just fit so perfectly, you know, mm-hmm. especially with what you're doing now, like you're spreading joy through your art. Like that's crazy. Right. right. <laughs> it really Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, man. So, all right. So three years, four years old, you start dancing and you're you mean you started with ballet you said yeah starting uh classical ballet learning the balanchine technique at dance theater parlum um arthur mitchell who is the founder um and artistic director he had he uh actually passed uh two years ago now Mm. um he was my first teacher wow so yeah so uh growing up in that school i've learned a very um not only the technique of ballet but just like how to carry myself within a uh competitive career because dance is not it's it's very competitive it's a um very uh you have to have a strong mentality it's very opinionated and that's what it really really is all about is you know whether some your audience likes you or not in a sense Mm. um in whatever aspect you take dance so it's all about opinions and, and it could be a little hard sometimes, but you know, when you know your purpose, then y- you, you don't worry about those things. Absolutely. So when did you start navigating your way to African dance, like African style dance, being that you started with ballet? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely um, something that was brought to me in middle school. Um, mm-hmm. I went to Ronald Emmons Learning Center, MS-113. as It's a performing arts middle school in Brooklyn, um, Clinton Hill, Fort Greene area. And I had a teacher named Ruth Sister. She was my dance teacher at um, Ronald Edmonds. And she was the one who introduced me to West African. Um, when I start, when I got there, I was like, okay, this is cool. And I will say at a certain age, I, especially when I became like a preteen, I was kind of like looking for something else other than just ballet. Like I always wanted to be like a diverse dancer. I always wanted to be that dancer that if you asked me to do something, I was able to do it. Mm -hmm. And she pushed me to be diverse. And um, I really drew to West African dance um, from her. And that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, as I matured and going through my experiences as a dancer, Mm -hmm. I was able to um, work within that technique as well yeah that's that's amazing um what were like some of your first you know initial kind of um introductions to to the African dance like what did you start with so she um pretty much started with like just teaching us Laban Cuckoo Sente like very unique um traditional dances Mm -hmm. um from any from just the West African region mm-hmm. and she pretty much will always tell us the history behind it where where it came from the meanings behind these dances and you know me being into like storytelling and just anthropology and history I it kind of drew me in anyway because it was always like a mystery to me well where did this come from I always <laughs> had questions about where things come from and um and I'm very observant too so I was always interested in like that style I just never knew like where it came from and then learning how it all ties into my own personal um you know history within my family um it definitely sparked the interest and ever since I will always just like look for it you know and yeah that's awesome anthropology is a very you know we might call that an SAT word so how would you break that down (laughs) So pretty much anthropology is um, a, it's basically studying culture, history, um, the, you know, origin of, of uh, for example, um, I could say going to Ghana, that doing, going to do research on um, the history of Ghana, that is a, um, that's, I'm, I'm an anthropologist, uh, mm. basically researcher so researching um humanity culture anything of that nature that's pretty much what it is that makes sense that makes sense all right so middle school introduction to african dance now your Mm -hmm. high school was also a dance school too was it the same school middle school and the high school or separate no uh, my high school was different Um, i went to talent unlimited it was a performing arts high school as well um Mm -hmm. But we, it was more conservatory. So I did not uh, do West African as much there. By that time, I was still at DTH. I've been at DTH the entire time since the age of four all the way to um, high school, um, my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And at Talent Unlimited, we only had we only studied ballet and modern. Um, we learned, you know, different. That's where I was introduced to modern as well. Um, especially the Horton technique, Graham te- and the Graham technique. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then at DTH, when I got older, um, that's when they brought in West African as well. So I was reintroduced into West African um, later on in high school. So like all these years of you, you know, taking on African culture, learning the West African art dances and the different styles and, you know, everything about the culture of West Africa, what are some things that you, you kind of took with you or you appreciated about West African culture? Um, the one thing that always, um, you know, interests me was like the significance of telling stories through oration. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of things weren't written down. It's really about what was told, what was passed down, Mm. uh, from generation to generation. And I always found how significant it was for us to retain so much information, um, over, you know, decades and centuries, um, yes, there are things that are documented, but, you know, some things may not always be coming from the primary source. Um, mm-hmm. So it's I feel like it was always important to get it from, you know, our elders, our family members, those that have lived during those times or may know certain information that we may not know. Um, also, I was always into music. I, I'm a big, I, I love music, like anything that catches my ear like I'm I'm diving more into it you know looking up artists looking up drummers looking up you know more about that person so um not just the music not just the history and the stories that were told to me but also the music drew me into Mm, yeah I I love I love the music as well Uh, (laughs) it's just like so spiritual and you could just feel it in your soul it's amazing yeah um I think too like the uh the people that you're talking about, they were called um, griots, right? So like just our, just our elders, like the elders that I um, grew up that, you know, raised me, um, meaning when I say elders, I mean like my dance teachers who have, may, may have traveled and studied um, in Africa or any other country, um, you know, them passing those stories down to me and the things that they learned, um, things like that. And then, you know, just having conversations with my mother as well, um, based on her research and the things she's experienced through her, you know, artistry. Mm. Okay. Okay. So that's high school. Now, um, you went on to college, you know, um, you graduated summa cum laude like that. Wow. Um, Well, actually for undergrad, I uh, graduated magnum cum laude. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then um, for my grad for grad uh, at Hunter, I graduated summa cum laude. Wow, I'm I'm like bowing right now. People can't see, but <laughs> it was wow. hard. It was so hard. I don't know how I did it, but <laughs> can you can for the young young guys listening <laughs> in? Um, can you just explain what what that is and the significance of that? Yes. Yeah, so basically. Uh, Magnum Cum Laude, Summa Cum Laude basically is um, an honor uh, that you receive um, through your program. Uh, basically for Magnum Cum Laude, I believe you receive over a 3.5 and up. I know it varies for different schools, um, but from overall, usually it's 3.5 and up is uh, Magnum Cum Laude, and then anything above 3.9 and up is Summa Cum Laude. So mm. that kind of gives you an idea of like where you fall um within your gpa and it just puts you in an honors um racket i guess yeah Yeah, that is amazing man kudos (laughs) to you your mom everybody that put in that work for that to happen because that's definitely my bachelor's 
yeah, for my bachelor's, she, it, I couldn't come home with less. So there's no, <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So that was uh, high school. And I know, like, you know, just you transitioning, you know, just into life. I know, like, you enjoy affirmations. Mm-hmm. So can we touch on, like, affirmations real quick? Like, what it does for you? Like, how you've been able to use it? Um, and, you know, do you still use it today? Like, what's, what, what is that all yeah. about? I I can say this and my and my friends will laugh at me about this. I always talk about my my sign. I'm a Virgo. Um, mm-hmm. I not in a sense of like I don't use astrology as a sense of like knowing what's coming next type of thing. It just kind of gives you an overall idea of how I how my mind works in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a perfectionist. I am very in, I'm really into detail. I'm very creative, but it also um, can be a thing where me when I overthink I um I can stress myself out a bit and overthink things second guess myself a lot of times with the things I want to do um and with affirmations it kind of it, it brings my stress levels all the way down um it just gives me a sense of faith I guess um you know, it, it's a, just a daily reminder to myself to, you know, keep pushing forward. You know, my affirmations change here, you know, depending on, you know, what's going on with me currently. Um, mm-hmm. It has also changed throughout my um, adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know, I go through different phases. We all go through different phases. So there's going to be certain things that we need more attention with than before. Um, so yeah, that's just, it's just my sense of like, it's my way of, keeping things together uh, mentally because like I said the dance world is a is a it's a hard it's it's a lot of critics so you gotta <laughs> you're always worried about what people think um I've learned as I've gotten older I've, I I don't really care about what people think nowadays compared mm. to when I was younger um now I it it is what it is this is what I want to do and I'm gonna do it and my affirmations kind of help me push to do that that is powerful. And again, long, young guys listening in, uh, affirmations are basically powerful words that we tell ourselves to kind of change your brain chemistry and create a, a level of self-confidence and a level of grit, you know, a sense of yourself. So mm-hmm. people use it in order to kind of motivate themselves. So Kenya, like what, can you give us maybe one, two, three, maybe affirmations that you've yeah, used? Yeah, like, can I we, can. can we steal some from Kenya real quick? Yeah. So some affirmations that I use currently, um, that these are some daily affirmations and I, and the importance of I am is very important. Mm. Um, starting affirmations. I am even in my, um, you know, social media platforms, I usually go by, I am Kenya joy because you know, I come with a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I am is kind of setting that tone in a sense. Mm. Um, but some daily affirmations could be like, I am fearless. I am an abundance of strength. I am love. I am success. I believe in the ability to succeed. My potential is limitless. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And anything is possible. So um yeah, just think daily reminders like that. And also not just saying them, really envisioning it too. Like I'm a very visual person. I, 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 I'm all about visions and, you know, whether that's setting a, um, 
a vision board for yourself or writing your affirmations down every day, giving gratitude, giving thanks for what you do have and what is to come. Speak it into existence. As, speak about these things as if, as if they're already here. Like you don't want to talk about it as a hope. It's already here. It's already happening. Um, and when you say it, your what you say is a very powerful thing. So you know, you want to stray away from saying like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to do this because you're setting, the universe is going to show you what energy you're putting out, you know? So you want to make sure that everything you say, um, it comes with a good intention. And then, you know, it takes time. It takes time. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen when you think it's supposed to. Yeah. Just, just set those intentions, set, set, say those affirmations. It helps. For Definitely. sure, man. Um, those are powerful too. I'm going to steal all of them. <laughs> I need those every day. Yes. <laughs> I like the limitless one, man. Just like not even yeah. putting, you know, a boundary on what you can do. I'm limitless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. Any, I feel like anything, um, I say this to my students a lot and even to my peers, um, if you can see it, like if you can envision it, it's possible. Mm. I always say this, like, why is it that you would not get this vision if it wasn't possible. I always say that. Why second guess yourself? It, it's possible because you saw it. it. It was in your mind. It was clear as day. So it's it 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 can happen, you know. Mm. So I've I've yeah. um, also heard. I think I've heard this from an artist. Like they were saying, you know, even within the word impossible, there's I'm possible. I was like, I'm wow. possible. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's. Mm -hmm. I still that one too that's what I was just thinking it's about a, yeah it's just a lot of things you know that I've done and I'm like I didn't expect I think what the the level of what I expected I surpassed it in certain things that I was able to accomplish mm -hmm. and I didn't realize that it was gonna I didn't know it was gonna go to that extent you know it was just because my mind was just going I'm like I know it can I know it can happen and being that it did, you know, I was blessed with even more opportunities from that one thing that I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it showed me like I can go beyond what I'm asking for it too, mm -hmm. you know. But it's also very important. What I will say is also very, very important to show gratitude. You you must show gratitude. You must be thankful for where you are now. Cause you're in you're where you're supposed to be. Like you are where you're supposed to be in life right now it may not it's easier said than done um and it's maybe hard to believe but I, you know it, you're where you're supposed to be so Absolutely. be patient and just keep mm -hmm. that vision going and it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's gonna happen at the right time for sure and even the gratitude part man you know we didn't get here on our own right you know right somebody, right. Raised yeah, us, somebody helped us somebody mm -hmm. taught us I, yeah. I, I like that part, man. Just showing gratitude. Just understanding. And even for those two that may not have anybody with them, you know, we do have people that are like that too. I think mm -hmm. it could be even thinking about the people that would, would kind of may not be in agreement with what you think your path should be using that as a, as using that as your way of, um, still moving forward mm. not that you're here to prove anybody wrong because that's not what we're here for but kind of using that as like a battery like you say i can't do it i'm going to show you that i can do it mm. absolutely for haters. myself for myself, for myself <laughs> you know haters so, have a role too haters have a role definitely 
<laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah, man. So, all right. So, within you know this this time frame of you finishing everything, you know, mm-hmm. graduating from college and all that, like when did things start kicking in for you, kind of as as a choreographer, as an artist? Like when did things start happening? So my very first piece of choreography was in high school. I had to do a senior project. Yeah, it was actually in high school. It was a senior project and it was for the Regents, um, which, you know, is a New York State exam for Mm -hmm. high school. And being that I was in a performing arts high school and I was getting a dance Regents, we had to do performance of choreography. So I created a piece of choreography. I honestly hated it. Like it was the most stressful um, process that first time because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't feel prepared. Um, It wasn't like we were really, I will say like, it wasn't like we had classes to teach us how to create choreography, which there are classes that can teach you how to build choreography if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I hated it. I didn't like it. And I was like, I'm never doing this. I don't think I'm going to do this. But I've always was interested in how a choreographer that I would work with, how they thought about creating these pieces that I, w- I would be in, or even the pieces that I would go see at performances. Mm-hmm. So I still always had that like questioning, how did they even do that? Like how I'm always questioning things. Like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, going into college, here I was hit with the, yeah, so you guys have to create choreography every year. And I'm like, oh God, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I, can I just like dance and, you know, get my grade and go? Like, not that I was being lazy. I just knew that at that moment, I thought I was just like, it's too much. It's just a lot, you know, mm-hmm. is, you know. So, but I realized now as an adult, what it was is I was afraid to be vulnerable. Um, what that means is like I was afraid to let people in I was very um I was a shy I was pretty shy when I was younger I mean I was I would speak when I was spoken to um Mm -hmm. but I was really reserved late laid back as a um as a student I would say I just always came in did what I had to do and went on my merry way I so going into my undergrad that was something that was presented to us this was Mm -hmm. had to do it in order to get a grade we had to choreograph at least um I believe one or two times out of the entire time that we were there for four years um out of the four years and for some reason you know this approach was a little bit different because I've I had professors who actually sat down with us and said hey come in with a box and fill this box with things that that are significant to you. Whether those are pictures, whether those are like a a souvenir that you may have gotten from somebody, a book, something, something that resonates with you. And to listen to everybody, you know, it was a class, we would go around the room, show every item and you know, things like that. And I noticed that I had a lot of pictures. There was a lot of pictures that I I had. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing about me, I do, I love pictures. I love old pictures, like pictures of like family and history, like anything like that. Like I'm here, I love it. Um, (laughs) Black and white, all of that. Like I want it. So I had to kind of sneak out of, you know, get some pictures out of my mom's, um, 
a photo album, but I put it back. But <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point. But anyway, you know, but um, yeah, so I would bring these things in and, and just to see how people would transform those ideas and the things that were so significant to them and make it into movement. Mm. It was like, okay, I, I can do this. Like, I know how I can dance. I know how to move. I can tell a story like vocal, like I can actually speak and tell a story. Mm-hmm. I just need to put it into movement now. Mm. Um, you know, it did take some time for me to find my, my, uh, my voice, my artistic voice. It took me a very long time, even till, even now as an adult, um, I feel like I can say that I now have my voice. Like I know my artistic voice um, pretty much when I got to undergrad, that's when I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I always was, always would say why, don't get me wrong, I love performing, I love dancing, Mm -hmm. but I always said, if I can make someone else's vision come to light, I can make my own vision come to light. I can make my own story come to light. So, you know, this is the time to start doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And ever since then, I've been just choreographing and, um, you know, now that I've gotten to, you know, finish with my grad program, I realized that that's one of my main focuses now. So, yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's that's powerful too, <laughs> man. Just realizing that, you know, you can do it yourself. And I have a huge yeah. respect for, you know, choreographers, man. I remember in college, I was an orientation leader. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. it's so embarrassing, man. I'm like thinking about no, it. No, it's cool. It's cool. I was all well too, so <laughs> it's fine. Later on, I was like, oh, this is what this is. Okay. <laughs> and we like, you know, you remember coming up with these these dances, like these silly dances yeah. and songs and everything. The chances, Literally, so. like we're like <laughs> up to the midnight hour, like trying yes. to figure out these da- like hours and hours and hours. Yes. Just for like a one minute dance. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. like it was crazy. And even with that, like, because I think I did that my junior year um, at Post. And I was like, I actually had fun doing that part. Well, obviously, by that time, it was like, okay, I can do this. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine <laughs> like how that felt. I had no idea what I was doing, by the way, but the effort was there. The effort was there. But, you know, that that just really made me appreciate dancers and choreographers coming up with mm-hmm. dance steps and and not just like no yeah. two minute stuff, but 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a yeah. whole show. Like, what? <laughs> That's yep. <amazing>. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So now, like with your with your work now, um, you, you often refer to yourself as an artivist. I've never heard the term before. Uh, is yes. that like a Kenya original artivist? No. So this is like a, a phrase that, or a word that has been, or what, what we would say title that has been like, kind of came around. Like a lot of people use it, especially mm-hmm. um, artists of color. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, with the current um, situation within, you know, our world, um, we are using our art to, to say a message and to mm. help bring awareness. And I feel like the pieces that I've choreographed thus far or or soon will be choreographing, um, they're sending a message. It's, mm. it's, a, 
it's a way of, um, you know, same way, you know, um, I don't know who, for example, a, just an, like an activist, you know, it's the same thing. It's just, it's just, right. I'm doing it through my art. You know, I may not be on a podium and speaking to the community, but I'm able to speak to my community through my art. And it's just putting the word art and activism together. That's all. Yeah, it's just a little, cool. you know, <laughs> yeah. I think that's definitely showing that you can do both. Like you don't have to be mm-hmm. an artist and kind of mm-hmm. not be who you are. Cause it's, you know, yeah. if you're a black person, like that's part of mm-hmm. who you are. You exactly. can't just you know cover it up and, you know, do art that's not connected to who you are. So I, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Anything you, I feel like in any field that you're in, in some way, shape or form, you can be an activist like mm. in some way, like it's just about how you approach it and what, it, what does it mean to you? Like also like, because sometimes people may not be, they may not want to do that. that. That's not their thing, which is fine. That's no problem. But I think everybody has a message and I think it's, it's important for us to share our experiences mm-hmm. because you don't know how that's going to help somebody else, you know? So it doesn't have to be on a political scale. It could just be just simply having conversations with each other. You don't know how that can transpire, you know? For sure. For sure. I know from this conversation, I'm, I'm inspired right now. So <laughs> even through this. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So now, you know, with, with your work, like you have kind of a, a background of just different people that you've worked with, that you've grown with. Mm-hmm. Uh, like who, who are some people that you've appreciated working with so far? So, um, of course, Arthur Mitchell, um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go from like young, uh, uh, Arthur Mitchell, Robert Garland from the estate of Harlem. Um, I've worked with, uh, Fritzlin Hector from Stomp. She's also a, mem- a dancer at Forces of Nature, senior member, mm-hmm. um, working with Abdel Arsalam, Diane Harvey, who else, um, Michael Leon Thomas, Pedro Ruiz, working with choreographers like those, they have all been through their own experiences as well. And the way they take those experiences and bring it to the stage, Mm -hmm. um, very inspiring. So working with them definitely taught me, you know, how to be, how to carry myself, how to be professional, um, how to sell your brand, how to be an advocate for your brand and really just going for it, like not waiting for someone to do it for you. If you like, just do mm. it. You, If you know that this is what you want to do, go for it. And they've all inspired me in that way. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, and just learning from greats too, like just having great people around you to learn from. I think that's so important when yeah. it comes to just growth in yeah. general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, just with, you know, your work too, like you've done all type of different events, community events, um, putting together different shows and things like that. Like, what do you take the most pride in, like in regards to some of the work that you've done? Um, I think the most, one part of this whole thing is of course performing or Mm -hmm. seeing my work on stage. I think the part that really gets to me that I, I care about the most is like, when we have like Q and A's and people are asking questions and, you know, cause I want to, I always want to know, I always want to know something, right. I always want to know what people are thinking. 
taking, not in a sense of like, what do they think about what I'm doing? It's a matter of what did they take from what they saw? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, how did you connect with it? You know, I'm always curious to see like, well, this is what I thought about it, but what did you take on it? You know, I'm always interested in seeing like looking through different lenses. Um, So kind of having that feedback is is very important to me Mm -hmm. Um, just to see like what people are thinking. You know, I think that's very important as a, as a, artist um you know at times we can get stuck in a box and we don't want to like you know be influenced by opinions but I think it's okay I mean obviously there's good there's good opinions and there's opinions that you can either choose to let it bother you or you can keep it pushing Mm -hmm. um but I think there's advice or feedback that you get from people watching your work or even just watching me perform as a dancer as well I think it's 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 a part of your growth. I think it, it it's a part of your growth. I think it helps you. Um, Absolutely. And um, I think just with the art too, like I love the fact that, you know, you can have a hundred people in a room and, you know, a hundred different views mm-hmm. on the art and takes. Like I, that's one of my favorite things about art that yeah. people can have their own interpretation and not just like, this is what I want you to see and this is what you should see. But like you just said, like, what do you see? I'm interested to know. Like, I, I love that part. Yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh with you know i know you do work with with kids and uh young children and in the community as well when they look into your art and they see some of your performances what what do you want them to leave like understanding thinking knowing or what, what do you want them to get from everything for my students i want them to be able to be when they see my work i want them to become researchers in a sense i want them to Mm. dive into their own communities and like find their own interest in in what's around them um a lot of them i don't think realize the amount of history that they're they are surrounded by Mm -hmm. um i teach in harlem in harlem uptown so that alone 125th 116th all the way Mm -hmm. up to you know 145th there's a lot of history there's a Mm -hmm. lot of um historical events that has happened up and down those streets you know and I don't and not saying that they they don't want to know about it it's just either they haven't been told about it yet or I could say this you know we grew up in a kind in a different generation although we are um pretty young still I think we we still had that uh we were blessed enough to still have that um like I said, our elders telling us about our history constantly, um, even our teachers that we that taught us as when we were younger, you know, we will always have these uh, conversations from young. So when I would go to certain places like around the Apollo or Adam Clayton Powell Boulevard, like I knew what was happening. Nowadays, it's like I'm finding myself having to, you know, talk to my students about these things because it's important. Um, so with them looking into my work, um, to answer your question, I want them to be able to, I want them to be curious. I want them to want to like do research on their own, even if it is, well, who performed at Apollo? That's, that's where we could start that a lot of things can go from there. You know, mm-hmm. um, where did these different protests happen or marches happen? Right. You know, right in your neighborhood, right outside your window. Um, a lot of, a lot of my students, I would say they may not even know what that is like they may not have even you know had those conversations yet so I want to be able to get them um 
interested in that, like getting to know their their community. Yeah, that is awesome. And, and it starts with people in the community like you that's presenting them with that history. Kind of reminds me too, like you had uh, posts in your social media, it was like a, a black girl that was sitting in the classroom and she was mm-hmm. just staring at, you know, these textbooks that just had all these, uh, you know, different, um, I guess, characters or components in it that did match her identity. Mm-hmm. So she was just looking at it like very confused and just blank almost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was kind of connecting like the importance of, you know, young black kids seeing themselves in these books and seeing their history and being connected with that. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what you just said kind of just reminded me of that. Basically, I think to sum it up, it's just um, me wanting to be culturally responsive to them. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're able to connect the two they, they're able to make those connections they're able to see themselves within the context that they're learning you know mm-hmm. I think that's very important I think I, I just want to give them the same experience that I had I was fortunate enough to have um, and I think also too you know um, like I said my mom she was an educator as well and her come being in a community um, like Farragut Brooklyn especially in the early in the 80s and, and 90s like that was a very heavy time, you know, to be in those communities. And even till this day, I run into her students and they're like, your mom did this for us. And I remember <laughs> she used to take us on these field trips and just, you know, sometimes she would pay for things out of her own pocket and get uh, them going to places. And I just want to be able to do the same for my students through dance or through just in general, be able to give them those experiences as well. Um, that's you know, amazing. That's I can, you know, <laughs> so yeah. for sure. So, all right, let's, let's, let's say you have a senior in high school, they go to, you know, a Kenya Joy Gibson show and they're like, <laughs> by everything. And they're like, yo, I want to do this right here. This is what I want to do. And they talk to you after the show and they're like, you know, I think I want to do this. I want to pursue this in college or whatever. Like what tips would you give them, you know, along I would the way? say get into classes right mm-hmm. away take classes as much as you can um and especially if this is let's say if this is a a, a student who is now who has never had any um experience in dance but they know this is what they wanted to do i would say jump into classes right away get mm-hmm. familiar with different genres find your niche um mm-hmm. also be diverse um it's okay to you know have like for me, I, I mainly do modern West African. And of course, I always go back to ballet. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't done it as much lately, but that is something that I could always you know, go back to as well. But I'm also diverse in tap, jazz, um, hip hop. Like I, those are other things that I can do. So I, just be diverse, take as many classes as you can, go to auditions as much as possible. Obviously because of the pandemic, um, you know, there's other ways that they are going about it. There are mm-hmm. auditions still happening. Um, it's just getting yourself out there and just look, always be willing to learn something new. Like don't don't limit yourself. Mm. Uh, and then from there, you know, come come to my classes and <laughs> we'll go from there. And for just sure, for sure. You know, yeah, email me, contact me, and I'll I'll help you along the way too. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so with the, uh, with um, just dancing, I know you, you, you just mentioned classes and this and that. Do you think that, you know, if I'm an inspiring dancer, senior year of high school, 
do I necessarily need to go the college route and take classes and then develop my skill from there? Or do I have other options? I think that um, I'll say this. I grew up personally in a, in a household that was, um, I, have two, I have two different um, dynamics in my household, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, she went to school for education. She was very, she's an advocate for education. Right. Um, whereas my dad, he's an artist. He's, you know, um, he does what he does, but he didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. But he still pursued what he wanted to do as well um, in his own way. And what I will say is this, if you do not take the college route, dive in. Like, if this is what you know, if there's no backup plan for you, go for it. Um, mm-hmm. Because you not, there, there are people that are working currently as dancers who have started late as well. Um, and they are successful. They are, you know, booking um, gigs and things like that. Um, booking performances, joining companies, and it's just about consistency and discipline. As far as if you decide that you wanted to, you want to go into college. Mm-hmm. What I will say, it does provide you tools that you can take with you elsewhere. I, I think of it kind of like a cheat sheet in a sense. It's like it gives you those tools that you thought you didn't need, but you actually need, and you never mm-hmm. know when it's going to come up when you may need it. And also, it gives you a um, sense of security in a sense because let's say that something happens to me knock on wood right (laughs) I could fall back on working production yeah I could work on I can fall back on working within production of dance I could fall back with education dance education I could fall back Mm -hmm. in doing costuming for anything relating to dance like it could it could get you in so many different avenues so with college it gives you a little more more stability I would say um but as far as if you don't take the route of going to college just keeping that discipline um being consistent being willing to learn Mm -hmm. don't don't let your ego get in the way um because it could be it could be a little hard to not you know hold that but um, but also knowing yourself too, making sure that you know yourself as well, like knowing what you want to do. And that's all that matters. Don't let anyone steer you away from that either. You know, mm. so yeah, hopefully that answers that question. You know, oh, I yeah, took yeah. the more traditional yeah. route. So it was kind of, uh, I already knew I wanted to go to college and things like that. But I also think about that too. Like, what if I didn't go to college? How would that have played out? You know, mm-hmm. and and I, I have friends who are doing, they're entrepreneurs, they've opened dance schools, they've opened, they've taken their students all over the country, they're, they've started dance companies, touring, you know, so it's possible, it's definitely possible, it doesn't matter, whatever you do, as long as you're consistent and you're disciplined. For sure, for sure. I would say too, like, I think that just from the dancers that I know, a lot of them appreciated college for networking. Like they, they just got a whole bunch of connects from going, you might've had the skill already, but the network. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And that's definitely, that's, that's one thing I will say too. Yeah. Networking, um, going to college definitely helps you with networking because a lot of 
the a lot of the professors that I I um, met along the way, I'm still in contact with till this day. Um, they either check in with me, I check in with them. You never know. You never know who you may need. And even if you don't take the college route, those classes that you're taking, get to know those people, get their mm -hmm. information, stay consistent so that they can, you can become a familiar face. And then from there, that's how you're able to build those connections too. also build connections with other dancers. If you see there's some people that are constantly in the same classes as you, get their information, talk to them, go to their events, support, you know, and, the, and that's the way you can build it too. Great response, Kenya. Thank you for that. I'm sure the kid is listening, taking notes right now. <laughs> All right, just going into like your like your current work, uh, you have a video that you shot in, uh, titled Honor. Uh, you actually shot it in Ghana, right? No, it actually was shot here, but it was shot inspired. Here. Yeah, it was inspired by my trip um, to Ghana. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so where, 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 where did that? In, you say it was inspired through Ghana. What exactly mm -hmm. was it that inspired you to create honor from Ghana? So, um, from my trip, for when I went to Ghana back in um, December, it was. 2019 going into 2020 so it was really recent actually it'll be almost a year um i went out there to honestly i went out there just to have a good time honestly it was a a group of dancers that you know curated this um trip black uh -huh. star um they you know put this trip together for us to go out and um it was the it was a significant time because it's called the year of the return um basically oh, yes 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 well, the year of the return. So basically, um, it's a symbolic year. It basically commemorates um, 400 years since the first enslaved Africans touched the uh, U.S., mm -hmm. in mainly Jamestown, Virginia. So um, it was basically to celebrate um, the return of what we, what we would say the children of the ancestors um, and just you know, paying homage to the, our ancestors who have um, went along that journey, which happens to be the um, mid-Atlantic slave trade, middle pa or also known as the Middle Passage. Mm -hmm. So with honor, when I went out to Ghana, um, there was a lot of, you know, we, of course, we had our social time and things like that, but we also were able to go visit the Elamina Castle, which is the, um, the slave dungeon, um, mm -hmm. which is actually on in uh i mainly stayed in accra but i went out to cape coast that's where the uh, castle is and it pretty much was a dungeon um it was the last stop before the slaves went out into the atlantic and to come to the new world quote unquote <laughs> um yeah so Learning, I've, I've known about the Middle Passage for a very long time since I was a kid. Like I said, my mom will always just like, you know, she'll be like reading things and sometimes of me, I'm being nosy, I'll walk in and I'm like, what's that? And she'll start going, she'll start telling me about things. And then, you know, I'll find myself looking at documentaries at a young age. I was like 13, 14, looking at documentaries about this and um what stuck out to me was actually there's a picture of the slave um 
ship there's like a, a kind of like a, a sketch of what it would have looked like mm-hmm. and or what it did look like and actually you'll see like the the slaves like the bodies actually laid out in a certain way and I was always always interested in that because I will always see it in like paintings I will always see it around my neighborhood um it was always something that would will always pop up and I was always interested but I just never really fully um just focused on it as far as like a, from a choreography perspective it wasn't and I didn't get to that point and going to Ghana we um went to see we went there we also went to a sin mason which is um where the slaves took their last bath before they went to the castle or the dungeon mm-hmm. and um pretty much throughout that whole trip I just found so much information about that time and Mm -hmm. what exactly happened and I was just inspired by even just how the community they they all were in tune with what happened um not just the tour the tour guys that was you know bringing us around but even people that I would speak to they like if I ever asked them a question about it they knew their history and it was it was inspiring because it's like you know, here in the U.S., we know we know it, but to just spit out the information like that is not really the same. You know, mm. we always kind of have to double check our resources and things. And with them, it was kind of just like a they know it like it's no in, other. Yeah, yeah, it's it's embedded in them. You know, so um, I also was inspired by the fact of that they welcomed us with open arms um, as it, and they, you know, they say, they always would say to us, this is your home. We want you to return, come mm. back, like visit us. You, you have a home here. And I, ever since then, I just, you know, I came back, came back from the trip, um, kind of was just sitting on this idea for a bit, not really knowing like, what I wanted to do, I knew I knew that I had to create a piece. I just didn't mm-hmm. know how I wanted to do it. And I wanted to make sure that it was done at least to the best of my ability. I'm not gonna say perfect, but I'm gonna say the to my from my lens and from the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Um so in June, when the pandemic ha- well, the pandemic started in March, um, you know, everybody was trying to adjust to the new situation and I kind of was stuck I was kind of like I was feeling I wasn't ex- inspired I wasn't mm-hmm. you know because everything stopped I wasn't going yeah, to rehearsals yeah. I wasn't you know I was finishing school still but we had to finish it remotely it was so much stuff going on and then I was still in the process of like Kenya what are you going to do after college like what are you going to do after grad school like what is next you know mm-hmm. I can always go back and perform but what else are you going to do and I decided that I wanted to go ahead and solely focus on my choreography. So I said, why not start with my trip, like using my trip as an inspiration. And in June, um, I called up one of my good friends and I just told her, I said, I want to do this project. I said, you know, we, we don't have any, there's no performances going on. So why not do a video? And I said, I, so, I want to pay homage to our ancestors who have um, journey through the Middle Passage, who we have either lost at sea or those who have made it across. Um, you know, just to just to honor them and to thank them because if it wasn't for them, we would not be here. For sure, you have to think about yes. it, or maybe not to this capacity, would mm-hmm. not be here. 
Um, and and it's 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 very it's a, it's a heavy topic to talk about. Um, it is, and I'm I'm glad that you said that because I know a lot of people that man, I don't want to talk about no slavery. Like, I don't want to go yeah, there. Yeah, like... <laughs> this makes yeah, me depressed. I, like, I don't want to talk about this. And yeah, I'm but it's glad. something we need to talk about. We yeah, have to. Yeah. And I think that when we... And, and it's not to call people ignorant, but it becomes ignorant in a way. Like, it's like, why don't you want to talk about that? This is what... This is... It happened to us. Like, we need to talk about these things. These are, this is why, you know, this... this this um that that was the start of what mm. we're experiencing now mm. you know what i mean like we have to think about it in that way like all the things that are happening right now within our society that was the first thing that happened to us wow. that was the very first thing that happened to us so if we don't acknowledge what how it started how can we make a change now how That's true That's so we gotta true. talk about it mm-hmm. you know obviously you know, okay, through education, we have to be mindful of how we, you know, communicate it because, you know, it is a heavy topic. It's very, um, it's a visual thing too. It's not just talking about it. It's like, you're going to actually have to show pictures. You're going to have to get into depth with, with whoever you're talking to. So, you know, obviously your approach, you have to be strategic about that, but overall we should be able to talk about it and, and not feel ashamed and not feel, and I think that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Going to Ghana, it was sad. Even going to Alameda Castle, it was very, it was a heavy, 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 heavy experience. Mm-hmm. But it was also uplifting at the same time because it was like the strongest people were here. Like they endured this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was heavy, but it was definitely. Um, uplifting and it kind of gave me that like you have no excuse not to get things done they did it for you already so get it done you know so yeah so you got the idea from from Ghana that trip to Ghana and is that the same idea that you got just naming it honor um so to name it honor um I didn't want to like I'm a very like I like to for the title of honor, I wanted to bring something that was kind of like, I just wanted to use a word that was powerful. It's like just a mm. simple word. I didn't want to kind of be, you know, I didn't want to use words or phrases that I might have heard out from Ghana that didn't, didn't really fully resonate with me. I kind of wanted to make it very organic. And I And when I was talking about the concept to my friend, I pretty much kept saying, I want to honor them. I want to pay homage. Like, so honor just stuck out. So I just stuck with it. And um, I'm happy I did actually, because it leaves room for not only the African diaspora or the, you know, black people of color to look into our history, but it kind of gives motivation for other people of other cultures to look into their history too. Um, Because, you know, we have, there's so many different things that has happened, um, you know, all over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and just go, goes back to what you were talking about before, just paying homage to the people that got you here. And if we backtrack it, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, years prior, hundreds of years prior, 
you know, we backtrack this to, you know, our ancestors and the, the experience that they had. And I think a lot of us sometimes in our day to day, we don't think about that, but it is because of their perseverance, because, you know, of their vision that there would be a future through all the mm-hmm. chaos and the madness that we are here. So it's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And even if they didn't um, know what was going to happen either, you know, because it was so like abrupt, um, I think just that sense of faith that mm-hmm. they had, like that that strength that their faith was just, it got them through. And even if that meant, you know, you know, some of them, um, I was watching um, a documentary, you know, finding out that they, some of them even sacrificed their own lives because they didn't want their children to have to go through that. Mm. So just the thought of like a mother having to make a decision for their child's life, that's not something that they want to do ever, you know, mm-hmm. but it was just like, I'd rather go and go with them than them to endure what's going to come. Cause we know this is not going to be good. So just thinking about that too, like there's so many different thought processes that could have possibly happened during that time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, just, and then just to get into the actual video honor, you know, you have, um, is that West African music that's playing? No, no, it's actually, um, it, the, so the first excerpt, which is, um, it's from Bobby McFerrin. Mm-hmm. And the second excerpt is Nina Simone. Um, and the title of that piece is called Dumbala. Mm-hmm. And um, basically that piece is to, um, if you listen to our words, it, it, it basically, if you are someone who is, who has put anyone through those type of experiences, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, She's basically saying, like, I want you in our shoes. Put yourself in our shoes kind of thing. Mm. Like, put us in our shoes to see what we've been through. Um, She talks about, like, the smell, the feeling, um, you know, that sense of faith. She always brings up, like, on the seventh day, God is going to be there. Seventh day, the devil's going to be there. Like, you don't know what's going to come. But that sense of faith, like, but also knowing, like, put yourself in our shoes, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a lot of different ways you can um take that song and like mm-hmm. it's a lot of different perspectives that you it's a lot of different ways you can um take that song but for the most part it, it definitely um there you know Nina Simone Bobby McFerrin Bobby McFerrin he I just love his um artistry as far as you know um being able to create music with just like his voice like that's yeah, he has such a powerful voice like when you hear yeah. it it's just like yeah. in a trance <laughs> yeah and i and i um you know when i listen to it it kind of reminds me like of a prayer in a sense mm-hmm. blessing the space um and of course within the video you see like um the soloist like he's blessing the space and you know preparing the return of our ancestors mm. Yeah, it's just it's just such a powerful video too. The fact that you know they're in the beach and you know the, they're mm-hmm. connected between the beach and the water, and it just yeah. reminds you of the past and what that might have been like and everything. And then in the video too, you just see such a strong bond and a connection mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the dancers. 
I don't know if you plan that, but that's just kind of kind of what I got <laughs> from it. It was um, definitely this project was uh, actually put together pretty quickly. Um, I I had I spoke about it in June, the end of end of June, and mm-hmm. I reached out to some dancers that I knew. Um, I also had some da- I had dancers being referred as well, and mm-hmm. pretty much. We originally started out with uh, 20 dancers and then we ended up get, coming down to 16 only because, you know, everybody has their own thing that they had to do, um, which is completely fine. And pretty much everybody had to learn choreography through video at first. And then from there, we came together for a big rehearsal. And right. um, I will say the chemistry in that room was very, very heavy, but so good like we naturally everybody just vibed together yeah you can see Um, it you can see it yeah it was it was very organic and I think what that was is because the dancers that I called to do it I've worked with them already Mm -hmm. so it was kind of like that I had a mutual feeling with each of them so it kind of or it it naturally happened Mm -hmm. um where they were able to move together in such a powerful way yes um and yeah and go ahead mm -hmm. And even with the location, um, we shot this uh, at Reese Beach, which was point. This was pointed out to me. I was looking at the GPS because I was I was actually like we were everybody was still coming to the location, mm-hmm. and I looked at the map and realized that Reese Beach is actually on Atlantic, on the Atlantic Ocean. Wow! So it it's actually like as if we were on the other side of the Atlantic, you know? So, um, you know, it was, it was cool to, and it wasn't planned. It was just like, let's go to Reese beach. I think that's probably like the most empty beach, which it wasn't that day. It was so difficult that day, but (laughs) it worked. It it went, the shoot went by so smoothly, but you know, um, it was amazing. Uh, Even the, even the, the, the pedestrians, you know, at the uh, beach, they were like, they all stopped. They would move out the way for us. Like they thought at first they thought it was like a wedding because we were in all white at first <laughs> or they or the dancers were in all white. And then um, they realized like when we started, when we got into the brown mm-hmm. um, and it started like actually doing the choreography, they were like, oh, so they like move out the way. Yeah, these like, guys are serious. When is this being launched? And it was crazy. Like they were like moving their kids out the water, like get out the water. They're doing something. So it was, it was cool. It was, it was like the best for it to be my first shoot that I've ever done Uh by myself. It was kind of like, it was amazing. And of course I couldn't do it without the help of my um, executive associate artistic director. His name is Maxwell Louis Waterman. He um, pretty much helped me with, you know, the background stuff, like, you know, getting the dancers together and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, he so he really just let me create. He dealt with all the other stuff while I just, you know, create was able to work creatively. And then um, my production team, Corey mm-hmm. Nova, uh, she definitely helped me um, through this too. You know, getting uh, photographers and everything like that. So working yeah. with media so, yeah, yeah that's uh that's amazing man just such a powerful piece of work and art right there mm-hmm. and two like i'm thinking like how like there were people on the beach at that <laughs> like it just looks yeah, like they were, they were there. all to yourself <laughs> like, they were there 
they were there. <laughs> funny, that's funny. Um, but yeah, just looking at you know the uh, choreography you did too, I just noticed like a lot of um, there were a lot of open body positions, like in the choreography, the mm-hmm. dancing, the movement patterns were synchronized. Mm-hmm. Um, was that deliberate? Did you do by open body? I mean, like you know, like. Mm-hmm. The, People are pointed towards the sky, their body's pointed towards the sun, um, and they're open, like they got their arms open and their body positioned in an open way. And if anybody knows anything about body language, when you open your body up, it signifies confidence um, in yourself, you know, and and power. Was that intentional to, to have, you know, a lot of open body positions in the choreography? Yeah. So with that, I wanted to, I didn't want it to be, I didn't want the movement to be um, so heavy mm-hmm. um, just because I think with the topic, it was, ex- it will be expected that like, okay, this is going to be very heavy and very like, you know, although the parts of the choreography, there was a lot of um, contrast between like heavy movement, closed movement, and then very like release movements. Um, I wanted to create a sense of like relief as well. You know, yes, we went through, yes, our ancestors went through this, but there's like a, a, a sense of relief knowing that we are here now doing what they envisioned. Mm. That makes sense. That does, so, that does. yeah. Yeah, I didn't want it to be very like, you know, it could be very heavy and gruesome. It, it, this this piece wasn't, I wanted to celebrate their life. I didn't want to mourn. We mm. already, mourn, we're mourning. We've been, we've been doing this. We want to now celebrate their lives. So that's, that's pretty much what it was too, you know, so. Yeah, that, that, again, it's just, it's just an amazing piece of work and um, uh, it's on YouTube, right? Yes, it's on YouTube. Yeah, on my YouTube page at Kenya Joy Gibson. Yeah, for sure, guys. Check that out. You will not be disappointed at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to check it out a few more times, actually. (laughs) You know, um, but yeah, just as far as the honor video and everything, when you have young people that that look at it, Mm -hmm. uh, what do you want them to kind of take from the video itself and just everything like the the the, even at the end of the video too, I noticed that um, all the dancers like they were they got together and they were holding hands and they just formed this big connection. Mm-hmm. You know, before the question I just asked before that, like was it was that intentional too? Like having the dancers come together and form a connection yeah. at the end of that. The circle was intentional mm-hmm. because there's an artist named Jason Day Caris Taylor. He has a um, very famous statue at the um, Atlantic Ocean. It's called the Black Atlantic. Um, oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a statue. Um, yes. Is that is that near Grenada by any chance? I think so. I believe it is. Um, I, right. And pretty much I wanted to, um, not mimicking that, but... I did see when I was looking up like artifacts of the middle passage, um, I definitely seen a lot of like circle circles, like a lot of like um, sense of like union and like right. um, unity and things like that. So I, one thing I will say is that I've always loved how throughout all this time, throughout all these events that were happening, um, 
they were always chained together. They were always still together. And it was always a powerful thing seeing them together, mm-hmm. no matter what was happening. Um, and I wanted to just signal, like bring awareness to that we are stronger together than apart. Mm. Um, you know, we are, we're bigger and more powerful and, and we're a movement together than apart. And I think that um, for my students watching this, I want them to know that it is important to give back to your community, make those connections with people, always just be unapologetic and and because you never know how that can um, help your community any any type of way. So yeah, that's pretty much, it was intentional. It was inspired by that, um, that artwork um, to have that moment. But then again, you do see that I also, at as they're holding hands, I'm going through each face, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of signify like you matter within this, this bigger picture, you matter. Yeah, that is, um, that's just a, just a, a special piece of work right there, man. I definitely got to save that and share it with as many people as possible. Cause I think there's so much to get from it, you know? And I appreciate you putting that together. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's, 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 let's uh, change the mood a little bit. A quick game here is called this or that, right? So you just choose between two different things. Uh, You can explain it if you want. Okay. (laughs) Doesn't require explanation at all. Okay. All right. So choreographer or dancer? Mm, I'm (laughs) I'm going to have to say, (laughs) I'm going to have to say dancer because that's where this all stems from. Mm. Like going into chore- choreography came from being a dancer. Right. Like, you know, if it wasn't for me being involved in different projects and different working with different people and, you know, like I said, contributing to their vision, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have been doing what I'm doing now. So I would say dancer. Okay. Okay. Locks or fro? Fro. Hmm. Okay. Although I always said this, I want to have locks when I'm older, but I'm very picky and I don't like seeing the same thing every day. So the fro, <laughs> at least I could change it up and stuff here and there. So yeah, bro, I'm gonna say fro. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Classic or contemporary? Classic. Classic. Okay. Classic. Water or juice? Water, water. I got it. I got some right here. I just finished. <laughs> no, I've never heard a dancer say water or water. I mean, I love no, not, not water. I never heard a dancer say juice. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I mean, although I love juice, don't get me wrong, but like you always see me with water, like always with a bottle of water. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you know, dancers, <laughs> athletes, you need that water. You need that. Yeah, you, you need know, it. It's good. Your really muscles are going to ask for it, especially those athletes. I used to actually um, fence. I was trained. I trained as a fencer. Really? In middle school. So high school. Yeah, I trained like professionally. So what? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a little, to- I was a little tomboy. So I didn't, I didn't only do dance. Like I actually ended up uh, I was coming from dance class, actually. I was on my way home. My mother decided she wants to take a detour and walk around a little bit because it was a nice day. Mm-hmm. And I ended up walking, running into um, Peter Westbrook at, by his house. And 
he stopped us. He said, hey, how old is she? You know, like, what does she do? Like, what is she doing? Or whatever. And my mother said, oh, you know, she dances. I dance in Harlem. He said, you know, um, why don't you bring her? What is she doing on the weekends? And by that time, I was at DTH on, during Dance City of Harlem during the week training. And then the weekends, I, worked, I wasn't really doing much. Mm-hmm. So he said, Saturdays, Saturday mornings is from 7 a.m., which I was like, oh, no, this is so early. But 7 a.m. to about, I think uh, we were there to like maybe 12. Um, and uh, yeah, five he, hours? he invited me. In. Yeah, five hours. Yeah, it was it was no joke. Five <laughs> hours. Um no, I'm lying. Maybe we got, we had to be there by stuff. I think we started at eight, but either way, it still was a lot for mm-hmm. my age at that time. I was in middle school. I was probably like my last year in middle school, going to high school. And um, yeah, he, he had us there. Uh, and then he started like, you know, he would have me do matches and stuff. He's like, Hey, I want to have her do like compete. And, wow. Um, I was training to compete. Um, I did, I only did one, um, with an actual team. I did a few like, um, gigs for like, uh, Ralph Lauren, uh, wow. ads and stuff. But other than that, I, after that, I was like, I can't do this too much. Like my body <laughs> was, just, it was going from like, dance five days a week to then get up on a Saturday, do doing that in this intense training. And then, you know, Sundays was, you know, getting homework done. And I still, I was a student. I had to get my work done. So I was just exhausted. I wow. told my mom, I was like, I'll be later. I'll come back to it, you know. And now that I'm older, I'm like, dang, I kind of want to get back into that now. So, which I'll, I will. I will. Even That's if it's awesome. just for fun, I will. That's awesome. So, so yeah. if you were not a dancer, you would be like an Olympic fencer. That's crazy. I'll probably, Yeah. <laughs> I, I I wanted to be if I wasn't a dancer I wanted to be either a detective hmm. in fashion or I'll be in like some type of sports like either whether that was like gymnastics or um, fencing or track track yeah track yeah track. I, you you ran track yeah. did you dabble in track no I mean oh in middle in middle school I did but it was like for a little bit ah wasn't okay. That long. That's all it takes. I, with that. I think you know, I, get a little tiny taste. I never like, really. Oh, I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I never stuck with it. I never stuck with the um with sports just because of dance. Like I that I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So when it came to me choosing, you know, it it, it wasn't that I couldn't do it. It was just like physically, I had to like be smart. I was getting older, my body. I had to be, you know, at, by that time I was getting injured um often. So I was just like, yeah, I got that. I gotta slow down a bit. Got you, you know, got so. you. Okay, yeah. all right. Interesting <laughs> little history piece of Kenya right there. Good to know. So if I need anybody, you know, if I need any, you know, protection with a sword, I'm gonna holler at you, Kenya. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotcha. I got still. I got. <laughs> all right, yoga or meditation? Mm, yoga. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, Meditation out. I think. (laughs) African head style wrap or bonnet nightcap? Hmm. (laughs) Now, if I'm trying to keep, uh, if I'm trying to keep the fro 
moisturized. Technically, I would say bonnet, silk bonnet, but I'm gonna say African head wrap because I could do so much with it. Mm. So. That's true. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. I could, I could dress it down. I could dress it up. You know. So. Okay. Um, what about superheroes? If you can be any superhero, who would you be and why? I would be the Black Panther. Hmm. Um, as an as an adult, I would say the reason why I say that is because um, he left his mark. You know, he he fought for his community, fought for his culture, and or whatever he believed in. And he, um, you know, although things may not have transpired the way he wanted to all the time, he was able to push through and and succeed and still leaving his legacy for the next generation so I kind of like that sense of like community and like you know keeping the the origin of you know things and yeah Hmm, morals yeah yeah I could see that I could see that Um, so (laughs) many people just love the Black Panther man all right um so just work like with your with your work um you know this program is about reaching mastery striving for it and attempting to achieve it so just within that with your work and yourself like what are some things that you know you're doing right now to get there and things that you have planned for the future because you know I know you've done so many great things but like you mentioned earlier just not settling for you know current success and looking at future success so where where are we looking at for the future so um you know I do see myself like really venturing off and doing my working on choreography and um setting those on you know different companies and um things like that and as a i would say i'm just want to be in in a space where i'm able to create and change um make a change um within my community through my art and i think that's more important to me than anything um yeah, that's where I see myself. I see myself, you know, getting my PhD. I do want to go back to get my doctorate soon. Mm. Uh, very soon. I know it's kind of hard to believe because I just finished my master's in May, but I definitely want to go ahead and get that going um, probably within the next year or so. Um, and then I will go ahead and, you know, branch out and, and just building on my brand as a choreographer. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, man. Just striving for more. Mm-hmm. PhD, that's that's great. Indeed. Um, and just speaking of like shows and different things, um, I know like a lot of people, unless they're like really connected to, you know, African dance and dancers in the New York area, you know, a lot of people, they, they want to, you know, they want to look into African dance or go to some shows or learn how to do it or just have some fun with it. But they just don't know where to go like so do you have any like places in the city or in the new york area where people can go and get some lessons or watch a show or just support the movement so i would definitely say um there's a lot of classes going on virtually and in person um if you're looking for more like a virtual setting and also the the classes that are happening happening in person are listed as well um I would definitely just look up different schools such as like Mark Morris. Um, 
Alvin Ailey, DTH, which is Dancing of Harlem, mm-hmm. um, Perry yeah. Dance, what's some other one? Steps on Broadway, Pearl Studios, Ripley, Ripley, Ripley Greer Studio. They all have calendars listed with different classes and you'll find all genres um, there. And um, you'll be able to also kind of differentiate what level you think you need, whether it's beginner-friendly, intermediate, where you may have some experience, but you're still not fully, you know, comfortable, um, and then also advanced classes, too. So you're able to kind of pick your range. Um, And a lot of the classes that are happening in person, um, whether they're, like, outside, a lot of classes are happening outside, like, at parks and things like that. They're still being listed under those names um, that I mentioned. Okay, okay. And these are classes that have a wide range in terms of age? Yes, so there's definitely a wide range of age. Um, They're all listed there. So it's different ages, different levels. There's a lot of open community classes going on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also look up classes, especially like at Restoration. Um, They have a lot of things going on right now too. And um, so you can also look up uh, Asasiya Cultural Arts Foundation, they also hold classes as well. Mm-hmm. They do have classes for adults and um, for children. They're actually, they actually started back, their, um, their school has started back up with their classes, but virtually. Okay. So um, you can definitely look them up too if you're looking like more like the Brooklyn area. But definitely okay. just, everything is online. Everything is online now. So it's definitely easy to find um, nowadays. Yeah, it's a good wide range right there. I'm going to look up some of those places you mentioned there. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so what would you say? I know you like to use quotes a lot. Like you post a lot of quotes on your social media and things like that. And what would you say is your favorite quote? The one that has the most meaning for you? The quote that has the most meaning to me that I always use, I really don't know where this quote came from. Honestly, I just found it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it says, your life is your canvas and your body of work is your legacy. Mm. And I do truly believe that um, the what you create on this earth will leave a legacy. And it's, it's about how you go about it um, that, that matters. And, and basically leaving your mark you know, whatever it may be, big or small, like leaving your mark and knowing that that's your legacy. So yeah, whatever you do, whatever your journey is, that's your canvas and that's, that's your body of work. Absolutely. That is so deep too. And it just connects with just all the work that you do too. Yeah. <laughs> Kenya has been uh, an honor. I don't know if I could use that. Is that going to be like <laughs> yes. right infringement? Can I say honor? <laughs> okay okay it's okay I, I, that's fine <laughs> yeah it, it has been an honor to have you you know on the program i hope you know as the future develops we can bring you back and you can we can catch up with some of the stuff that you're doing um Definitely. and for the for the young ones listening in that might need some advice or some tips with the dancing or the choreography or just all the work that you do is there anywhere they can reach you Yes, they can. They can either uh, follow me on Facebook or Instagram at I am Kenya Joy, which is my IG um, tag, Kenya Joy Gibson at Facebook, or you can email me directly at I am Kenya Joy at gmail.com. And I'll be, um, I can send back information that you may need, whether it's you finding like classes to attend, um, 
maybe classes that I'll be holding soon, um, not only for professional dancers before dancers and the community uh, dancers, um, and also any information you need, just reach out to me. That is awesome. There you have it, guys. Uh, just another person, amazing person on the list of people that you can get in touch with that can give you some great, great tools and advice for the future, especially if you're you know, looking into dancing or choreography or anything of that nature. So there you go. <laughs> Gibson. <laughs> All right, guys, um, thank you for listening to the program. It has been a pleasure. Um, and again, you know, we hope that Kenya revisits our program and brings us some more gems. And we will leave you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. It was our pleasure. Thank you. So everyone, remember, your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. Therefore, if you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G. And I will see you next time on Mastermind.